What's going on, good people? It's the Soft Straight Talk Show. How we doing? It's a Tuesday, February 26th. Um, today, we're going to be uh, talking about some things I should have been talking about a long time ago. Get those things out the way. Sorry for the wait. Um, you know, things go on and, and, you know, if you can't put together an episode, it takes time to plan and how you want to do it and things of that nature or when's a good time to get the listeners and all that stuff like that. Um, very busy person that I am, um, you know, always working. Um, but you know, with this, I don't get paid for it. So this has to be on the, you know, bottom of the, uh, the barrel, but something I love to do. Um, but anyway, I wanted to talk about, um, the Super Bowl on this, uh, episode. I wanted to talk about things that went on around the game, things that I thought, and I want to talk about also, um, is All-Star Weekend for the NBA. Um, get those things out of the way. Um, it's going to be some other things I'm going to talk about, but I want to get to the Super Bowl right now. Um, 13-3, New England Rams. We all know about that. We've heard all the analysts. We've heard everybody talk about it. We've heard podcasts and stuff like this. I'm going to keep it simple and not be complicated and uh, give my two cents and then keep it moving. You know, my thoughts of the game could have been more entertaining. We can't help that because it was highly competitive and it was a thinking man's game. You had coaches that were um, trying to, you know, fool each other, not trying to be predictable, not trying to let the the same thing happen um, to other guys and then fall behind 20 points in the Super Bowl because you can't come back from that stuff. So I want to say – that the Rams did a good job of hanging in there against a team that's that experienced coaching and player personnel-wise. So you're going against a very, a, a very, very tall order with Brady, Belichick, uh, Josh McDaniels could be missed, uh, mentioned in that. Just the whole nine, you got to be prepared you got to be buttoned up, and everything has to be right for you to beat that team. Philly, everything was right. The Philly special, the defense was playing tenacious. They was getting after Tom Brady. They made plays. They won the game. Rams couldn't make the plays. I think Jared Goff was just, 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 man, was just overwhelmed, which, you know, God bless his heart. Todd Gurley, man, you know, being able to be that electric for the seasons that he's been in his NFL, where we've called him MVP candidates, we've been been wild over his ability to run, catch, to see him limited, um, it hurts. It hurts for the future, and I hope that he's going to be okay to where he's going to be able to be a, a the same guy that I've been calling my favorite running back for the past three seasons. So, get to New England, you got a team that was going to go out there and run the ball, like I said. Um, if you all remember my episode, um, knew they was going to run the ball, how good they was going to run the ball, how good L.A. was going to allow them to run the ball. Donald, Sue, was trying to make plays, which they played outstanding. But when it came to the run game, I knew it was going to be kind of hard because defensive linemen like them – don't really like that task. They want to get out of the quarterback. 
Um, they did a lot of good blocking technique, uh, blocking schemes to you know get away from Donald and Sue. Uh, uh, you know, people that they try to make other people make plays, Fowler and guys like that. Um, New England just does it again. But, you know, I want to sit there and say that, you know, with Sony Michelle, James White, James White was just was playing with, with that uh, type of, uh, you know, Super Bowl type deal um, that I'm going to make the plays as necessary. Um, then you got Sony Michelle being a guy that is young and vibrant that is going to sit there and uh, take over a game. Um, and you know what I'm saying, whenever it need be, and be a workhorse, because in this case, we're going to run the football. And, um, but you know what I'm saying, uh, more so for me saying James White was in the AFC Championship game, but more so um, when it came to this game, I, I think it was kind of more of a Sonny Michelle, here I am type deal. Rex Burkhead, same thing, um, from AFC Championship to, you know, Everybody gets used in that type of way where it might be divisional game. You're going to get the grunt of this. But Sonny Michelle stay consistent what he did. James White showed up big in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. And then you have Rex Burkhead who came in a big way um, for um, in his contribution for the Super Bowl. But Sonny Michelle, for the far as the run game goes, was that guy. Um, but, you know, Tom Brady, 35 attempts. He, you know what I'm saying, was able to get sacked once and throw an interception and not really cripple him. That was big. You know, he didn't have the, the best QBR is what everybody kind of looks at, but Julian Edelman had 10 catches for 141 yards. Now, let me talk about this for a second. Julian Edelman, MVP of the Super Bowl. Um, people wanted to talk about him being a Hall of Famer and stuff like that. He is a hell of a player. David Tyree. Uh, I know it's one play, but he's not a Hall of Famer. We look at players like Doug Wills. We look at people that has had great times in the Super Bowl. He's been there more. He's been with Tom Brady and Belichick, stuff like that. If he didn't have them, how many Super Bowls would he be in? How many opportunities would he get? How good could he be without Tom Brady? My thing is that we're going to recognize and appreciate how good he was in these Super Bowls. This one in particular, because there was no touchdowns made. For him, but just being able to be there to make plays, stay on the field for long possessions, that's what you want to do against a team like the Rams. Stay on the field. Offense, the Rams wanted to stay on the field as well because you don't want to have Tom Brady sit there and just, ready, you know, just getting plugged away, get a first down, keep the ball. You don't want that um, because, you know, you are going to make it to where, hey, we're going to get three points, we're going to win the game. 13 to three, and that's what you got. Um. And, you know, I think it's funny to where I, it's crazy that I could talk about the Super Bowl right now, and it's like, with what's going on in the news right now with the New England Patriots, that has nothing to do with a football, um, with Robert Kraft and dealing with his legal issues with the the whole spa gate. <laughs> Not spa gate, but spa gate. Him and several other people have been arrested for soliciting um, for prostitution in Florida. Um, I think there was like seven different parlors that were um, massage spas that were busted and raided. And, you know, they were having a lot of uh, uh, illegal activity going on that Tom Brady's favorite person, Robert Kraft, was a part of. 
don't really think he's going to get in serious trouble, um, which is wrong what he did um, soliciting prostitution, especially with how things is going in today's world. But especially when you have people say human trafficking or, you know, this got these people at, you know, just that it, it just it's bad optics, man. It looks all bad. You know, um, when we think of movies like Rush Hour 2 and stuff like that, we think of stuff, that stuff is ran properly, organized and illegal, especially in, the, in that country. But you can't be having um, organization. You can't have establishments where you're going to go in for a service, but getting a little extra something on the side, you just can't do that. I mean, I can't go out there and sell, you know, bottles of water. You know what I'm saying? I'm a trunk without getting some, some, some static. So just think if I sit there and had a, you know, a female in the back of the trunk trying to sell, sir, it, it, you know what I'm saying? You can't do it, you know? You just can't do that, man. It's just wrong. So, you know, I just think where him, you know, that was his thing. That was his ritual. You know, he went twice before the AFC Championship game. I don't know how many times he went before the Super Bowl. Um, that's Tom Brady checked it out. You know, I'm not the one to sit there and get into all that. Robert Kraft's the one that got in trouble. I just wanted to sit there and talk about it. Super Bowl wasn't all that exciting. The halftime show wasn't all that exciting. Maroon 5 uh, did an okay job, but it's just some things where people was like, you know, they transition. I thought the transitions were too quick um, than previous Super Bowls. Maybe people complained about the length of the halftime shows because I remember Beyonce, whenever she was a part of, um, I want to say she was a part of uh, the Eagles or the – the door. She was a part of and that that whole that halftime show felt like it was hers and theirs. I mean, like it went and Bon Jovi, I think it was she she did for it. And I think you know when you had Willie I Am and the 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 Black Eyed Peas out there, you know, what I'm saying like those were long halftime shows, and I think they wanted to transition these quick, but you know they wanted Maroon Five to get their songs because they got a lot of songs pumping. I mean, through the years they've been out. They had a lot of songs that I heard during that halftime show where I'm like, they made that song? I'm like, okay. <clears throat> I'm not a Maroon 5 guy. But, you know, you listen, you watch movies or you on the radio and stuff like that. You hear songs and stuff like that. And I'm just like, wow, they made that? Okay, I heard that before. Wild, you know, saying that that is. Um, but Travis Scott was a part of the feature of the halftime show. And that's why I thought the transitions were fast. You know, saying like, you know, even Room 5 songs they did, I mean, you're doing one verse and then you go into the next, which you do that in most things, but it was quick. Travis Scott came up there, did his thing, little SpongeBob gimmick, came out here, did his thing, boom, it was over. Then Big Boy came out there, it was over. You know, all that, and I believe I was watching from the CBS All Access app, and it decided to sit there and, and ponder for a second, and I didn't really get to see Big Boy's part of the halftime show, so... You know, that's more blame to the app. Speaking of apps, I'm going to get something out the air real quick. Um, ESPN's Plus. If you're going to make an app and you want to make it for everybody that's going to climb on ESPN's back as far as modern ways of, you know, y'all made a very good, cool way of viewing the content that y'all make. And you have a lot of people that's going to have these phones, tablets, and things of that nature. They're not going to sit there and turn on the TV and turn the ESPN. You got a lot of people not paying for cable. If you're going to make an app for people to sit there and be glued to the screen to watch something highly important, don't make something faulty, man. I just hear a lot of complaints, and then I get caught up in the thing to where I couldn't even watch a freaking boxing event. 
couldn't watch the UFC event because the app is sitting there lagging, it's pausing, and then it cuts out and all that stuff like that, and you're paying for it. I'm paying for it. So I'm paying for something that is pure shit. I need something that's going to be golden. That is something that's supposed to be golden. We're watching big-time sporting events. We're watching all this stuff. We can't watch it if we can't keep it up on the screen. I think ESPN needs to work on that. Fix that, please. I mean, ESPN Watch app um, was was out. You know, you had to watch ESPN app, whatever that shit was called. Like, all that stuff has been so buggy and faulty, even on the consoles of, like, Pace, PlayStation 4, Xbox, and things of that nature. They are buggy. So, if you're listening, please fix it. ESPN, please, with a cherry on top, fix the fucking app. All right. I had to take a reference from Pope Fiction on that one. But back to what I was saying, you know, with the halftime show and everything with the with the Super Bowl, transitions was, was fast, but the Super Bowl was boring and slow. So my thing is that I'm not sitting here going to go on a big, long thing and talk about this game. I'm going to sit there and talk about the little things that that's going to be uh, going to be talked about in this offseason, the coming months and stuff. Todd Gurley's health. Um, how much more could you have done as far as saying Sean McVay? As you got too cute. I think in certain, on certain possessions, I think where he got too cute to where you have to go back to your drawing board and say, look, do the standard stuff that's going to be successful because you could have made it a 10-13 game. You could have – just things he tried to where, I don't know, and then, you you know, Gurley gets a 16-yard run. I remember he gets – I want to say he got a 16-yard run at one point. was the longest run he had of the game. Um, and then you had that momentum, and then it just fell apart. You put Jared Goff in positions where he couldn't succeed, and then C.J. Anderson couldn't do a damn thing. Um, seven carries, 22 yards. Todd Gurley had more carries than C.J. Anderson and couldn't do much either. But my point is that Sean McVay just didn't know what to do um, when it got to the when it got to the blood and guts time of the game, and to make a decision on what type of plays to dial up. I don't know what what was going on or where Todd Gurley was that limited to where he was limited. Things couldn't go right. 19-38 for Jared Goff. He gave his man the ball to throw 38 times, and he got you one interception and four sacks. Um, offensive line was, was not ready for Trey Flowers. They were not ready for that. Um, and they and the, the Patriots just did what they were supposed to do. They knew they weren't coming in, into a game, playing against, it, playing against somebody that, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I feel that they felt like, man, like we could sit there and really get under the skin of Jerry Goff to where they felt like, you know, we're going to let Nick Foles throw and give him confidence. Maybe that's what they were feeling, but they really knew they could go at Jerry Goff. But they would, would Foles like, we're going to sit there and let him throw and, you know, let him try to get some confidence. We're not going to, we're not going to sit there and throw. And it, and it backfired on them. This game, they just was like, hey, we're not bullshitting. We're going to go after this kid. We're not going to let him get comfortable. And we're going to get under his skin. And it worked. 19-38. And they kept giving the ball to pass. Nothing could happen. 3-13 to is your Super Bowl score. Case Ross Ross. 
fun times, man. I mean, hey, great commercials. I thought the commercials were good. I didn't really, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was some good commercials. I thought the Pepsi one was good. I thought the, uh, uh, what was the one, man? See, look, the, the Super Bowl went so far away. It's just some of them that you just can't recall. But it was some good, real good, uh, entertaining commercials out there. But the game was, and I mean, if you want to see a good competitive game, you want to watch that. Defensive plays were made. Sue Donald made plays. Trey Flowers made plays. But Gilmore made plays. That guy is here. Or not say he's here, but he just he did what he's supposed to do. They went and got him. He made plays. Malcolm Butler didn't get on the field. He goes to Tennessee. has a bad year. Now you can see what happens. Well, when I come back, we're going to talk about the All-Star Weekend. I can't go anymore farther than the Super Bowl. Only thing I can sit there and say is this right now. For the offseason, you got Tom Brady to sit there and try to get his body back right. Bill Belichick is sitting there figuring out what my owner going to be doing here, what type of penalty is the team going to get because of my owner. Um, what are we going to get in the draft? He's thinking about everything. He's thinking about everything, including week one of this season coming up. And offseason ain't really fully started. Combine ain't even started yet. Um, with the combine, I want to put a little awareness to some people. Um, West Virginia's own Charleston, uh, or I, I wouldn't even say if it's own. He's from New Jersey, but he played for University of Charleston. Just missed the invitation to go to the combine, but he will be um, at Marshall's Pro Day. Um, so I'm I'm excited about that um, uh, standout. I mean, I mean, that that is. Uh, that was something where I, I just now got the got wind of as far as saying, you know, saying a football player getting almost getting invited to the NFL Combine. And I've sit there and, you know, do my time being here in West Virginia, seeing some players, you know, go come and go here that probably went to UC or went to West Virginia State University that probably could have been an NFL type of talent. But to see somebody to come through here, and I know he's not from here, but just to see somebody almost get a chance to um, – you know, to to get mentioned, it's always something to, to be proud of there um, that we can sit there and talk about. But um, um, the one interesting thing about this player, he's blind in his right eye. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> his name was Cousin Daniels, and um, this guy plays a very tenacious type of defensive, uh, defensive uh, linebacker or defensive end, however you want to put it. This man fires at you with some of the most, you know, saying uh, uh, quick. I mean, that's one of his things that's being pushed out in the NFL is that his quickness off the ball, um, being able to be unblocked at, you know, saying at certain points during the um, the senior ball practices, they said this man was unblockable. They said he was just getting off the ball, just I mean, just just firing off the ball. So I mean, that is something that what people are looking at is like. Man, you know, this kid could be something because in the NFL, you have guys that are checking down, checking down and checking down. If you can get somebody that can fire off the ball and get past the tackle and get to that quarterback before they can hit that running back or hit that slot receiver, then you're in the money. You know what I'm saying? So I I got a lot of faith in Cousin Daniels to try to make a run for the NFL. I know he missed the invitation to the combine, but just putting awareness in people's eyes and say, watch out for Cousin Daniels. I hope I'm saying his first name right. UC's 
uh, own um, University of Charleston over at Charleston, West Virginia. You know, saying we got a player that's got a chance to be in the NFL, and he's not being stopped with a blind right eye. He's gonna, he's giving it a shot. And one of the things he said was, "I knew I could be in the NFL because if, if, a, guy, if a guy can be in the NFL with, you know, with, with one arm, then I can be in the NFL with a, with a blind eye." So I got my faith in uh, uh, Cosmic Daniels. You know, um, like I said, just watch out, man. You know, who he racked up 31 and a half sacks in the past three years, man. I don't care what I don't care what level of college football you play. That's impressive. So we got the combine coming up. The draft is going to be coming up. OTAs and all that stuff. But the main thing people are going to be talking about: Robert Kraft, Tom Brady. What we're going to be going on in Green Bay? I guarantee. And what in the hell is going to be going on in Dallas? Pittsburgh, Antonio Brown, where he's going to go, where Le'Veon Bell is going to go. We're going to be talking about all of that. But now I'm going to make a transition. We're going to talk about the NBA. That's really what's going on, what's popping. So y'all stay tuned. I'll be right back. That is me giving my take on the NFL Super Bowl. I thought it was entertaining enough to where it's saying it's the Super Bowl. But I'm really thinking that the NBA Finals are going to win this year. You have the Patriots in the Super Bowl again. Then you have no touchdowns. You got a young quarterback who just looked lost. It just lost a lot of appeal. So that's just me saying. Stay tuned. Be right back. Saw Straight Talk Show is back. Back, back, back. Talk some NBA. Before I go full into NBA, I don't, I'm telling you, like, about three seasons ago in college basketball, the tournament is now all I think about because I look at refereeing, I look at the pace and how games are played and stuff like that. The tournament is really the only time to watch college basketball for me. To pay attention to it throughout the season, I pay attention to my Kentucky Wildcats, what they are doing. Things might be going around like John Morant, find those players who are really killing it, um, you know, upset about Bobo's injury and stuff like that. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, I want to say Shamari Pines is real good. You know, the kid from, um, I want to say Clemson. No, not Clemson. He plays for us. Ah, man, I, I got to think of that kid's name. Like I said, college basketball to me is that. It's fun. It You can turn on a good game if it's real good. You can check it out. You don't even know who the players are. You might just know who the coach is. But to me, you know what I'm saying, when it gets to tournament time, that's when I get a little bit more invested. But, you know what I'm saying, everybody was invested literally $2,400. You know, if you bought a ticket to see Duke versus North Carolina, the biggest rivalry in college basketball. The biggest rivalry people like to say in basketball, which is the line. But that rivalry, that rivalry right there was put on display because the way it was as far as saying, I don't know, hype of Zion Williamson. Because, you know, you got R.J. Barrett, Trey Jones, you got, Cam Reddish, you got guys like that on the team to where you don't have to just talk about Zion. But when you got somebody like Zion Williamson who is so gifted and so scary athletic and, you know, just the size with the leaping and all that stuff, that's all you want to talk about. Duke did a whole highlight reel with mostly Zion Williamson promoting this game. Um, people sit there like Obama was at this game. I bet he was there to watch Zion. 
I'm pretty sure he knows who Cam Reddish is and who Nasir Little is and Cameron Johnson. They're not coming there to watch them. They're coming to watch Zion Williamson. So tip-off happens. Everybody's going crazy. Rockets crowd. There's 36 seconds in the shot clock. But damn it, there was only 36 seconds when Zion Williamson would try to make a very simple fundamental basketball move and his Nike Paul George signature shoe decides to ex- uh, 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 literally explode on his foot and left him injured and not to return in that game. And now people are saying, should he sit or should he play? My thing is Nike need to get your shit together. Um, if what I read correctly from a former Nike, you know, saying shoe uh, uh, manufacturer, whatever. He was saying that possibly that Zion could have had a display pair of those shoes, a you know a a, a beta basically a beta of this shoe, like something that was not a concrete version of that shoe. You know they didn't put the right glue on that shoe because they were just showing it. That's what I'm gathering from what I've read from a gentleman who was saying that this shouldn't happen with Nike. This is why I think that happened. I don't think it was a real shoe issue. I think this was a display shoe issue. Either or, you got one job to send the right pair of shoes to the man. He has to go out there and perform. This is where it comes to where I'm now going to talk about college athletes getting paid, not getting paid like NBA players. But when you are demanding these these types of tickets to $2,400 to get in the game, um, then you got all this merchandise stuff going up because of the height of the hype from the players who joined this establishment. They're freshmen. I seriously, seriously, seriously think that it's in order to, to give somewhat of a discount to these guys. And what I'm saying is that if you don't want to give these guys cold hard cash, then some other than scholarship needs to be afforded to him. I mean, like what I'm saying is that they should give like a little a card or something where something they can be like, look, I'm I'm Zion Williams. You know what I'm saying? Like I I need, you know what I'm saying, like like something around the school, like something and then or or if you want to sit there and give like this is an elite player right here. Zion, RJ, elite players, John Morant, guys like that or whatever. You can go through the board. If they are sitting there putting a percentage of people in the damn in the uh, in these arenas, in these gyms, that are out of norm from what it was years back, they should they they, they, they anybody that has people of accountants and stuff like that are good with numbers. They got these motherfuckers around these um, colleges. They're crunching numbers and they're figuring things out they should be able to crunch numbers and figure out what these players should paid that are top of the line players zion rj's those guys like that kelton johnson pj washington's those guys like that romeo langford's those guys like that needs to be put on a some type of a scale to where they should have some money in their pocket or they should be able to sign autographs and make money. 
through session something to gain them that right attention to where some dollars should go into their pockets and not just for the school. I know the school divvies it out in so many great ways. I'm not saying they don't do, I'm not saying they're going out there buying heroin with it and they're all just doing it all in one hall or something like that. No, they're not out there sitting there just taking over some big giant uh, corporation over Middle East or nothing like No, they're doing positive, great things with the money. But these players that are ones that are missing out having cold hard cash in their hands because we pay these NBA players because they're entertaining and we flock to the state arenas before them, buy their jerseys and stuff like that. They sell college basketball jerseys. They sell college basketball merchandise. They sell college basketball tickets. So these players should deserve something a little bit more than say, hey, we're paying for your education. Or we're giving you free food. Because it's come to more than that to where if a player has a bill, a parent has a bill, or kids, there's players that got kids, there's players that got things that you don't even know about that might need to be taken care of. And just the fact that they can put a basketball in a hole and make a million people come and watch it, 100,000 people come and see it live, they should be compensated. That's it. Now, I'm going to talk about the NBA. People that do get compensated. Um, in the NBA, you know, saying everybody wants to talk about, of course, the Lakers. LeBron James got hurt Christmas Day, beat the Warriors. Everything was looking good. Lonzo gets hurt. That's when shit got bad to me. Then you got Kevin Durant, free agency talk, New York Knicks. Is he playing with Kyrie? Are they really great friends? Are they more than friends? You know, people with the memes and jokes, they're jokes. Man, God, Jesus. But so many things. But one thing to me that's really taken over everything to me is why do we care about tampering in the NBA? And this is why I want to talk about this before I talk about the All-Star Weekend, before I talk about standings and stuff like that. Tampering. Tampering. We can't have tampering. This is my thing right here. And I'm going to just try to be about as cool as I can to be about it. You have a pool of players that all got these cell phones. Now, back then, there wasn't cell phones. Back then, there wasn't a lot of things that could go now as far as, saying interacting with one another. We are in 2019, people. Phone calls, text messages, FaceTimes, DMs, retweets, mentions, tags, all that shit. We cannot stop these players from interacting with each other. That is going to be breaking some type of rule that's going to be tampering. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that you cannot sit there and say that Somebody like LeBron James or somebody even somebody even like a Greek freak or, or Kevin Durant. You can't say these guys are tampering. These guys want to talk to these men. They want to level with them. Go out to eat. Say, man, what was your process in this? These guys can talk about that. They're not that competitive where they're like, man, I ain't telling them my secrets and nothing like that. Because if one day you're going to retire and then they're going to go on. So you don't want to sit there and hold everything. You don't want to tell plays and schemes and stuff like that but if you want to sit there and tell a diet tip workout tip 
certain little things to get over the hump, then why not? My point is, why can't Ben Simmons sit there and say, hey, man, I want to talk to Magic and kick it with him? He don't have to be where, like, of course you're not going to problem with Kim Olajuwon doesn't work for the Houston Rockets, so he didn't work there with Dwight, Kobe, LeBron, and you name it. So nobody has a problem with that. But my thing is that, oh, so if you put him in a job for the Houston Rockets as a problem, he's not going to sit there and he's going to do the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's like, Kobe, it would be cool if you play for the Rockets. Hey, LeBron, it'd probably be cool for you to play for the Rockets. Dwight, it would probably be okay for you to play for the Rockets at the end of it. But what I'm saying is, is that you can't say these men are tampering. Like, like I just, I, I get the what people try like when you break down the rule or what's down the stone and stuff like that. But we can't help it. It's 2019. One, one text message goes. And then all of a sudden, we don't, like, we don't know what these guys are talking, when they're talking, or how they, you know. So, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, go out to dinner. <gasps> he's tampering. What if, I mean, what if he's like, man, Brian, man, I looked up for you, man. Like, why did you do this? What? Tell me about this stuff. They can't go out to eat and kick it. We didn't worry about tampering whenever LeBron James would go spend the night at Chris Paul's house in the regular season when they played him on the road. Because why? We knew we couldn't get those players together on the same team. And that can't happen. And now the shit started to happen. Now more tampering talks happen. That's going to be the talk. Kawhi Leonard. At the end of the season. What's going to happen? Oh, I bet he hasn't talked to any Laker people. He better not. It's tampering. It's tampering, guys. We can't be tampering around here. Man, shut up. And the one team that I sit there and I laughed at was blowing the whistle was the Ghost State Warriors, who, to me, if anybody was tampering, did the major tamper of getting Kevin Durant, from to me, to look like he lost the series on purpose. Just saying. They want to blow the whistle? Get the hell out of here. They look all innocent and they smile and they like, ah, oh, yeah, we drafted this team, da 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 da. How did Kevin Durant lose a three-one lead to y'all and then join y'all the next season? Shut up, shut up. Come on now. How does Demarcus Cousins and Anthony Davis be cool as hell and then out on some? Now I can say now Dale Demps might have some help to that, but for him to sit there and go to the Warriors, I still can't understand that one, man. But. The injury, the money, and all that stuff like that. Some things can make sense, but probably a lot of talking going on because he didn't like Durant Cousins. They had some bad interaction on the court. I think his overall interaction with the Warriors, period, was kind of like, damn it, they always think that they just, they probably had to sit there and call him and milk him and stuff like that. The Olympics talk, like, hey, go ahead, go be cool with the Cousins. Hey, you never know one day. I'm not sitting there saying that they were sitting there going like, we got you. I'm saying that everybody's going to do it, especially at these mix-ups like at the Olympics, All-Star Weekends, things like that. Players be having weddings. Kyrie was at, uh, at uh, he was at uh, Iguodala's wedding. I was at Iguodala's wedding a few years back when they were taping the wedding. It might have been Clay's or uh, um, I forgot whose wedding that was, but Kyrie was there. Everybody was making fun of LeBron. He was on the Cavs. Is that tampering? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Just crazy. Just crazy. And you have 
Paul George wanting to go to the Lakers, gets into the Thunder. He ends up liking OKC. Him and Russell got this chemistry going. Now there are now they are a duo to be talked about. Paul George and Russell Westbrook are balling. I don't want to sit there and go in to say about Russell Westbrook if he's blowing it or not, or if he's going to blow it or not, or if he's finally realized that I done got a good thing here, I'm not going to fuck it up. My thing is that defensively, if they stay the way they are, they're going to be scary in the playoffs, man. If they stay the way they are defensively, if they can, you know, there's there's no way that two playoffs in a row that Paul George is going to lay a stinker, especially against Utah. I don't want to say he laid a pure stinker in that first round, but against Utah, man, I'm telling you. Man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. I I sit there and said in the first round it was against Utah. He did not look that good. In the first round, I think I think they lost in the second round when he was a pacer, um, when T.J. Mouse took the last second shot and he wanted the ball. I think those were some kind of bad moments, but he still was playoff P because in that first round he balled out. In this play, he had to get used to Westbrook and things of that nature, but I still he did had a lack a little bit of luster as far as effort, Russell Westbrook pressing. Can that happen again? I don't know. My thing is that they're one of my teams to look at as being very good. Also, the Nuggets um, being the number one team in the in the West, I think still at this point, um, not the best. No, they're the second right now um, with being 41 and 18. Golden State Warriors, they're, they're getting their roll on. Steph Curry starting to lose his mind. Um, I think it wasn't not too long ago. It was about a few games ago. The man hit 10 threes like it wasn't nothing. Um, and then you got Klay Thompson, you know, saying that game against Sacramento, where, you know, saying at the end where you sitting there, you, you're trying to get a bucket. You're trying to get a bucket, but you got to get a rebound. If you let the ball tap around too much, it's going to hit to a three-point shooter in Klay Thompson. And you lose and you lose momentum that way. Milwaukee has the best record in the league. Um, Milwaukee is really, really, really looking good as well. Just like how the uh, Thunder, they're figuring out how they could be with the duo of Greek Freak and Middleton. Also adding Bledsoe with whatever else they have with Brogdon and, and all those guys and those pieces. They're playing real good with Booting Hoser being the head coach up there. And um, with, you know, Billy Donovan giving it another go when people sit there and try to write him off. He's doing an excellent job with the Thunder. Um, Thunder are what in the West third, they're 38 and 21. I think at this point that they could beat a Denver Nuggets in a series. I think that right now that they could beat the Denver Nuggets in a series. Now I don't think they could beat Golden State. That's to be seen. But now we're seeing Portland who my guy, Matt Sutton, who I, where's Matt? I'm trying to find that guy, but I need to get him back on here so we can get back talking. But he's one of the ones that said that Portland Trailblazers third in the West could be jumped up to first in the West because of the lax, lackadaisical season that the Warriors could have. But the Warriors, they want first place. Let's that's, that's, that's get that out there. And I, one of the ones, one, I was always the one to say that when you have people on the show, you always don't want to agree, agree, agree. My thing was that I thought that the Warriors may take their gas off the pedal just a smidge, but they're getting number one. Um, I don't think Portland could get one, but there are number four. Anything can happen. We got games left. The one thing that is really pressing is that the Lakers are number 11 in the West right now. They're number 11. They just lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, and I watched LeBron James play by about 2% of defense. 2%. I think that's a little sad. 2%. 
Like my when my phone's on two percent, I cry. When I saw LeBron James play two percent defense, man. I just it hurt because it's like when you initiate playoff mode and do all that shit and make everybody be all like, all right, we beat the Rockets. That's all good. Then we lose to the Pelicans, and then we lose to the Grizzlies. Two teams that can, you know, Memphis was hot beginning of the season. Um, Then you got the Pelicans, who 12th are, you know, saying, trying to get rid of Anthony Davis because they couldn't hit a trade deadline. Now they're thinking, like, what are we going to lose him in free agency? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because you're not going to be able to trade them at the end of the season. You had your shot at day trade deadline. You fired Dale Demps. But you beat the Lakers. This is what I'm talking about. Is it Luke? Or is it the effort? I'm going to say it like this. This team was not ready to win a championship. People just wanted this team to make the playoffs because it would be a breath of fresh air. They haven't made it. We got LeBron. He don't miss the playoffs. So we took it for granted thinking like, it's going to be easy peasy, lemon squeezy. We're going to win 40 games or so. We're going to get in the playoffs. But here we are, 29 wins. It's not that many games left. We're approaching March, and we just lost to Memphis. And like I said, I saw LeBron James play 2% of defense. We're in, we're, we're in deep shit. As a Laker fan, yes, I am. We're in deep shit. Got to keep it real. So, by keeping it real, I want to say that I think there's a panic. Not, but we do need to possibly make look at well the coach we can get next season if we don't make the playoffs. What type of different role players could we get? I don't think KCP is it. Him having more minutes than Hart kills me when I see that on box scores. I hate that. Hart should get more minutes than, than Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um, whenever Brandon Ingram have a good game, we lose. Like, he had 32 last night, and we lost. He has 20-plus point games, and we lose. I'm not putting it on him. He's turning it around. He's averaging, what, in the past, if you look at it in the past, what, six or seven games, he's averaging close to 20 points per. Um, I always, I got, you know, joked on a little bit. Not to say joked on, but it was, it was laughing, um, a buddy of mine, uh, pick and roll podcast-ish. Witten was sitting there saying, like, man, you 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 don't like Brandon Ingram too well. You got no, I'm a I listen here. I'm a goofy animated person. I like to say things to make a laugh. I like to I like to be, you know, saying right too. I like to be serious and little bit whatever. But there's it comes a point to where it's like with, with Brandon Ingram with me, I don't hate the guy. He's a he's a he's a great uh prospect to look at to say, hey, this guy could be a superstar, star all-star in the league because of his length, his ability to play defense, his ability to pass. All those things I saw at Duke, I was like, man, it could turn over really well in the NBA. I just hated that people do Kevin Durant comparisons at him and, you know, saying, like, I'm not saying it just did anything to him, but it put things in other people's eyes where we might be a little bit too hard on him, you know, maybe to be for him to just break out and just be this guy, this maestro or whatever like that. Possibly, but whenever he plays good, we lose. So I don't, I don't get it. So we need Lonzo back. I think that's a bigger thing. Lonzo Ball needs to be back. I think everybody would flourish that way. I'm not saying like he's the star of the team or superstar of the team. We need him back. He plays defense on all the star guards. He passes the ball really well, 
And I want to say that his aggression, his aggression to score was rising before he got hurt. And I wanted to see how that was going to maturate. That was looking good. I mean, looking really good. So, I mean, I'm like, damn, he got hurt. Now he's too hurt. Now he's got a bone bruise. So he's gonna, his extended time is going to be out. It's like, shit, you know. It's one of those things, man. Because, you know, it's almost kind of like Porzingis with going to Dallas and stuff like that. You ain't, you ain't going to be able to open that box, period. Um, but at least to know that this things they're not making the playoffs or nothing like that, but it's looking up to where, hey, we're going to be pretty good next season. Having, you know, saying uh, uh, Porzingis with Dantich, you know, saying that's, that could be something really good. Dennis Smith goes up to New York. He's out there trying to snatch souls. I mean, I just saw a dunk miss attempt and made me make it a highlight, man. I was like, Jesus Christ, the man could just, just flat out jump. Now, talking about him, I want to talk about All-Star Weekend. I'm going to pan to that. Now, what I thought of All-Star Weekend, I thought it was great. I thought, you know, saying, you know, a lot of people can come away with a little mixed reviews as far as how the weekend is going to go because you got all these expectations where you just be like, it ain't the same as the old days, and people would say that back then. It's like every year they say that, and it's like, well, when you think back in the old days, I think a mug said that before. <laughs> I think somebody said that. Like, everybody been like 2000, 2001, or, you know, oh, man, it ain't back back in the day. <laughs> you always going to get somebody's going to say that. Excuse me. Um, always. But I thought the Celebrity Game this year, which I've always enjoyed, wasn't as entertaining. Uh, I thought the one thing that, that killed me was is that I respect all social media talent as far as saying, like, but to put them as the forefront of celebrity, you could have found guys maybe a little bit more, you know, saying to go against these guys like a famous Los, go get a Chris Brown. Where you have a, a B dot, which he didn't play, you go get a you go get somebody that can hoop that's a somebody that's more of a celebrity. I I mean, cause I'm like, damn man, like I I'm doing these episodes, I'm doing all this stuff like this and stuff like that. I'm trying to get on Los's level so I can be in a celebrity game if it's that like that if it's like that and i'm not saying he's not putting in hard work whoa don't even get me started famous losses is entertaining he does a great job with his content what he does with ig what i'm saying is that when people turn to tnt there's probably gonna be some people going who is that which is good because then they get to know but you i'm just saying that when you have him that's good i'm not saying discount him but put more with that you can't just put that and then just go, well, we got Terrence J. Terrence J, he's a host. He's hosts on everything. We know Terrence J. Been in the game five years. Tell him to sit his ass down somewhere, man. We know Terrence J. Why can't we have somebody that we bring J. Cole back? He played one year. Y'all could have begged that man to play in that game. He's from North Carolina. Ask him five million times. But look, if we pay you the most, can you play? Go get guys, man, that can, you know what I'm saying? Dave East could have been in that game. You know what I'm saying? Get other guys. Like, if, if y'all want to sit there and promote Famous Lotion, there's a good population. People don't know who he is. Same thing goes for Dave East. And I bet more people know Dave East. But at least he could have been like, hey, man, this is Dave East right here, man. This is like, he's a good basketball player. Good Nipsey Hustle. I mean, like, go get these guys. Hip-hop is the thrive of the NBA's. Uh, is the soundtrack of the NBA. Hip-hop is the soundtrack of the NBA. Let's be real. Go get these guys that hoop, man. You can't just be so selective and be like, okay, as long as we get Quavo, I think we're going to be okay. 
Quavo. Um, we might ask 2 Chainz, but I'm pretty sure he's going to come to the game and chill. 2 Chainz was fried, okay? I don't think he wanted to play any basketball. But got to get better. And I just think with that game, it was cool with, with some of the previous NBA players like uh, Ray Allen. That was beautiful. He looked good. Got offered a 10-day contract for his performance. Um, but then you got uh, guys like Steve Smith was in there. Now, this guy could have went in and hurt somebody, man. He plays too hard, you know, but he, he looked funny. It was funny to see Steve Smith out there, but it was some entertaining parts. I've always loved the celebrity game, and I just thought that it could be better next year, and they can make it better next year. Secondly is that the skills challenge is turning into something fun, um, especially trying to get down to the last shot. Congratulations to Jason Tatum for winning that because I thought Trey Young had it, but he had a half-court shot. And that's how it happens. It's like when you play a knockout. The game turns into a nice little fun little uh, um, uh, obstacle course. You make a pass in a hole. Then you come down. You make a layup. And then you got to come up. And, and, and you it's coming down to how you can you knock that person out. And if you got the lead, your lead's going to have that first shot. But Jay Taylor said, fuck it, man. I'm going to shoot a half quarter. And that was beautiful. Like, that was crazy, man. Like, that was nice. Like, I, I was kind of cool. And then you jump to the three-point contest. We're in Charlotte. One of the dope things I want to point out is that Steph Curry wore a legit dope, I'm talking about flashback, nostalgic, third flashback Friday, throwback for Thursday. The man wore the same jacket he wore when he was a kid at All-Star Weekend with his land sitting on his dad's lap, him and Steph. One of the coolest things I've ever seen recreated, him sitting there having that on. But three-point contest was Fire. I'm talking about fire. Fire. That's what people been saying. Fire. It was fire. I mean, it was just, I mean, like, come on, man. Nobody thought Joe Harris was going to do that. But Steph went out there and lost his mind. That was dope. Buddy Hill went crazy. That was nice. Uh, it was nice to see that Chris Middleton is, you know, is an all-star. And him participate was cool. Um, but Joe Harris. Went out there and just was like, I'm a robot today, and y'all not going to win. I'm sorry. I know it was in Charlotte, and I know Seth or Seth, Steph is supposed to win this, but not today. And Seth, you know what I'm saying, uh, it, it probably come out there next year. It'll probably do it better. Um, but uh, then, you know, when you move on to the dunk contest, now this is the thing that cracks me up. People always look at the contestants, and then they go, oh, that ain't going to be shit. Let me tell you something. These are dunks we're watching. We're not watching Euros and spin moves and the whole arsenals and stuff. We're watching dunks. My my thing is, is that we missed the window of LeBron. Okay, Jimmy Butler is not going to win no dunk contest. I don't know what Jimmy Butler can do to win a dunk contest. I don't know what Dame Lillard. I don't know what Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Kawhi Leonard. What are these guys, James Hart? What are these guys going to do to win a dunk contest? What can they do? What are they going to do? What do you want to see them do? You know, nothing. So we're going to get guys like Dennis Smith and these guys, Hamadou, and stuff like that. Man, these guys will want to do this. The days are done to where these guys will want to do it as, as young rookies, man. They're thinking they're the shit. Donovan Mitchell is not in that cloth. But people that think that they're the shit are not going to do it. Tatum's. Uh, uh, when you look at top draft picks, who's done it? None. You look at it, Paul George in the dunk contest took him, what, third year? Not a lot of rookies going to come out there now, top lottery pick guys. 
Donovan Mitchell was cut very differently. Um, I thought the dunk contest went bad. I just hated that the Mr. Temps doesn't make it bad, bad. It's just kind of like when they make the dunk, you're like, okay, you're seeing it, you was trying it. I think the weight makes you kind of like, eh, but the dunks that were did, I mean, you're like, okay. Hamadou's arm in the rim, you got to get hype for that. Now, you can't get hype for the whole dunk contest. No, the whole dunk contest wasn't hypeful, but that was nice. You see the back and forth battle between him and Dennis Smith, and then it came to a conclusion where Hamadou could just do something simple and win it. Kentucky stand up, by the way. But, yeah, that's that. I mean, it was okay. Like, I come away with this All-Star weekend is that when it comes down to the game, as long as I'm satisfied and I enjoy myself for a Friday night, Saturday night, the game is the cherry on top. And I think they've done a great job with this draft. And LeBron drafted a team that was a little older than the, uh, was a little older than the other team, but was just came out a little bit too to have fun, a little bit too much. And the other team was one to win. Greek was one MVP, and they just jumped out on them. But they just wasn't they weren't playing the type of ball I knew in the second half that they was going to just run away. And if 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 anything, if if Dame Lillard or Clay or I mean if 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 Dame Lillard or like how uh yeah like how Clay did or like how um Kawhi Leonard did. Kawhi Leonard came in there and hit three threes, and then Clay got crazy, then Dane went crazy, and it got him back in the game. And then Kevin Durant just did the rest. I mean, like, he just doing the stuff to keep him in the game, but whenever that bench came in and did what they did, Kevin Durant just had to come in and just floor it. LeBron just was just a captain out there to just do what he do, made a couple plays, dunk, hit the deep three. You know, didn't do too much. But Steph had a good all-star game. I always said Steph never have really great all-star games, and that was a good one that he did. That was a good all-star game. If they would have won, I thought he would have won MVP, honestly. Uh, he did some real good stuff. Now, I mean, what I'm saying is that Greek was sitting there just doing everything. He was, he was getting cheap buckets, you know what I'm saying? I think as far as saying you in the game, like Steph, that bounce pass to Greek Freak was the shit. Like, man, that was wonderful. I mean, like, it was really amazing how he bounced past that and it went directly to him. I, it was high. And it showed the jumping ability of Greek Freak and everything, man. That was that was a very unique, special bounce pass alley oop that doesn't get enough talk to me. Um, so yeah, so there's me talking about it, and and I'm gonna talk about something else too. Is that somewhat these wardrobes are getting a little better? It's still a little outrageous, but four years ago, damn it, motherfuckers were coming up wearing construction outfits and wearing uh wearing uh waitress clothes like like they just like they they're going in for auditions or something. I was like, damn Russell Westbrook must have got a script to be a to be a construction worker. Oh, look at uh Kevin Durant over here dressed up like he's about to go be a boxer or something, man. He got the Capri sweats on. I see you know what I'm saying? Like it's just so much going on. But I can say from All Star weekend, the wardrobe is getting a little bit more, you know, white T shirt underneath this, you know what I'm saying? Got the the tennis shoes, though, are going crazy, especially with these Balenciagas. These shoes are looking like, uh, I, I always said, it looked like janitor shoes, man, or it looked like the big, the big bulky shoes, you know, like the orthopedic shoes. Like, they look like that with style. 
Like, those are getting outrageous, but the clothes are starting to get back a little normal. Like, people ain't sitting there trying to wear a, a kilt with a, with, with, with a Jordan logo on it. Like, I mean, you're starting, I mean, there's still some weird ones out there, but it was crazy about three, four years ago. It was, it was turning some into a mess. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was Cam Newton in the NBA. It was what I'm saying. Cam Newton is, is tri- still tripping to this day with his wardrobe. But, uh, Speaking of something different, but Dwayne Wade rocking cornrows now. I mean, Dwayne Wade, you had your whole youth to do this. Now, all of a sudden, you want to rock braids. Kawhi Leonard is starting to be a somewhat of a trendsetter. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I mean, like, damn, what what made you do that? I mean, what's up? Is, is Gabrielle you playing in the movie? She got a sex scene with a brother with braids? Like, like he's like, shit, I'm about to hey, go ahead and braid that out real quick. Wade. Wade probably getting a break because Wade's showing his age, you know, a little bit there. You know how they say black don't crack? His black cracking a little bit. Like, eyes getting a little puffy. He just look, he looked like he just, like, he either, like, he, he, Wade, and I'm not, I'm being playful. I'm not, you know, but Wade either looked like he just woke up or he just, like, did a, like, he just drank a fifth of Henny or something, man. It's just funny, man. It's just, he just always looks sleepy. Like they just always look like a sleepy cat, man. Like that, that, that just one of the funny things, man. But um, congratulations to him and Dirk Nowitzki getting uh, nominated to be in the game, and they didn't disappoint. They came in there to hit their shots. Dirk came in there and didn't miss a beat. Wade came in there and didn't miss a beat. Came in and hit some threes. Got to the lane through an alley with LeBron like he wanted, and uh, Casey Ross Ross. So that was good. I mean, that was something where I was like, hey. There could have been two spots for other two other guys that could have got in, and they didn't disappoint. D'Angelo Russell got his first bid thanks to uh, Oladipo. I hate that because I love Victor Oladipo's game, his 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 the way he his he makes his brand. I mean, he's a comedian, he's a singer, he's got all this stuff, and I hated that his momentum was stopped by getting hurt and him not being able to be in his All Star game. I'm a big time fan of Victor Oladipo, and I hope he gets better. Uh, gets better. And comes back better. Um, but D'Angelo Russell, three Angelo Russell, just like last night, two big bombs in the, in the, in the new – I was going to call them the New Jersey Nets. And the Brooklyn Nets are really starting to play some good basketball, which I've mentioned on the Pick and Roll podcast before. And I've mentioned just on scattered um, conversations and things of that nature. Now, um, keeping it on the basketball tip. I want to talk real quick about the big three. Um, just just want to keep it real, real, real simple, real quick, because I wanted to make this news. Gilbert Arenas is playing in the big three, and I'm happy. He was sitting there talking with Ice Cube, and he said, damn it, I want to be in the big three. And he said, I'm going to be training like I'm about to make a $100 million contract. But the one funny thing he said, he said, I want my Wizards. He said, I want all the players that didn't shoot and pass me the ball. Because he said, I'm shooting. But, you know, I'm pumped up for the big three um, coming up. Um, just wanted to um, wanted to bring up that noise because that's, you know, when you're saying that you're bringing in players, I remember when they first came out, you know, you're bringing back players and you mentioned AI, Chauncey Billups, Steven Jackson, you name some real good players. When you say Gilbert Arenas is coming back, man, that's pretty darn big. That's really darn big. Yeah, man. So, you know, the big three, man. I like that this they're staying more of a like a thing to where it's 
they should be a part of All-Star Weekend, man. Like, you got these former NBA players, they got to do something for All-Star Weekend for them. I mean, they got this time in the off period, do something All-Star Weekend, playoffs happen, then the big three happen. Let them be more connected because I didn't talk about on my NFL segment because I want to talk about that later. I want to I want to really dissect it a little bit more. But like the AF, man, like, you know, they're the Alliance football, like they are actually trying to be more of, of a link to the NFL. They're not partners, but they want to be more of a link, be more of a link to the NBA. And I think being a part of All-Star Weekend would be dope to me. But uh, I'm very excited that Gilbert Arenas is going to be playing in the um, in the Big Three. And you're getting a lot of more guys that struggle to stay in the NBA that are not old. You know, Perry Jones is not old. Terrence Williams is not super old. Now, you you know, you might end up getting Nick Young in there. Um, so, I mean, like, you get Nick Young, then that's, then that's, wow, he just won a championship. And he's not old. Uh, he's not what you consider like an old timer. Greg Oden is, is is in the draft pool, so I can't wait to the big three draft and how everything's gonna go down for that. I wanted to, to to put some light on that, and I'm really loving how this NBA season is going. And now I want to sit there and talk about some numbers and stats and things of that nature, just like I did on my previous episodes when I talked to NBA. James Harden still leading the league and scoring 36 points per game. Paul George second place, 28.7. Steph Curry's 28.4. And then we got Anthony Davis and Durant rounding out the top five. Now, rebounds. Drummond is always going to lead in that, man. Drummond is a monster rebounder, man. DeAndre Jordan, second. MB, Gobert, and Greek Freak. I repeat, Greek Freak. Assists per game, Russell Westbrook. He's always going to lead that um, at this point. Lowry, second place. Drew Holiday, third. He's third in assists. That's wonderful. He's higher than LeBron and Ben Simmons. Paul George averaging two steals per game. So is Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is turning to a defender. So is James Stinkin' Harden. Then we got Jimmy Butler because they're not just paying, playing passing lanes with these steals. I mean, they're actually dealing up mostly with Paul George. But Russell Westbrook is actually playing some real good defense. James Harden is too. James Harden is blocking shots. James Harden is getting steals. He's actually playing good defense. So Kawhi Leonard. Not number one on that list of steals, but he's still being Kawhi Leonard the claw. But offensive responsibility goes up. Your defense changes a little bit until you get your shit back regulated. But uh, I'm really upset that Gobert didn't make the all-star team. I wanted to say that. Um, like, 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 just he should have made it. But he didn't make it. I, I, do I agree with him crying? No. But, I, you know, we you don't understand how he really feel about that. So, you know, crowd national TV is going to follow you. I mean, that's the only thing about that. It's going to follow you. But do I agree that he should have made it? Yes. But uh, Joe Harris shooting 47% for the three-point line. That's why he won a three-point contest. And the Brooklyn Nets, okay, with that, are a really good three-point shooting team, but they chase people off the three-point line really well. They are playing some good basketball, but another team that really is playing some good basketball that I want to talk about are... Are y'all ready for this? The Portland Trailblazers. Who, like I mentioned, like I was talking about them being number one, they are playing good basketball, okay? They have won four in a row. They are averaging, okay? They are averaging, uh, I want to say, 113 points per game. 
Um, so they're they're turning up Dame Lillard. What he did in the All Star game can happen any given night for them. Like I said, they're fourth in the West, and they're coming for that third spot. OKC, can they? I mean, like that. Those two teams right there, but Portland are like how I look on the East with saying like how can Philly or Boston be now that Toronto and Milwaukee are the top honchos? Just like how you look at Gold State and you're looking at Nuggets. Well, who's going to be? Portland or the Thunder to come up to be that disruption? The way I'm looking at it, I'm scared of Philly more than Boston. And I'm scared of just because of what I've seen already, I'm scared of Portland more. I'm scared of Thunder. And I, and I, gave, Thunder, I gave Thunder a great endorsement. But I want to see how Russell Westbrook is in his playoffs because he looked good. They looked good as a duo last season to get to the playoffs. They got ejected. I ain't going to eliminate it. They got their ass ejected, okay? They got gone. Good, good, gone. Joe Ingles. Bye. Ejected out of the freaking playoffs. Playoff P was playoff apostrophe lowercase p anyway i want to say that i'm not pooping on russell westbrook i just want to see a more reserved calm don't take things personal go execute how you supposed to win the games like you're doing the regular season some percentage of the time because just like before the all-star break this man in a game to where he could have passed it, took two bad threes to try to win the game that bad, like, bro, and lost. Like, don't do that in the playoffs because then we won't talk about this shit. Just like how we talk about with James Harden's and the fouls and all this, the points and the 30 points, which that streak ended at 32 games. I thought he could get to 40, but 32 games when the streak ended for him getting 30 points in the game. But when the playoffs are going to change for him. But things is going to change for two teams, though. Milwaukee, slightly, because they got Greek Freak, but he's not a shooter. And for the Nuggets, they are teams that are good teams that play in a good system but have outstanding players like Joker and Greek Freak. Could run into a wall with a with a team that has a player to go give a guy. Kawhi, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler. Then you got Steph, KD, Dame Dollar, Russell, Paul George. They don't have guys like that you can give to and just get a shot. So when it comes down to a series, they're going to have to win these games handily or win them team execution style because when it comes down to it, them needing to get a shot from somebody, Jamal Murray comes to mind, Isaiah Thomas comes to mind. These guys are, they're, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Now, Isaiah Thomas clutch, but he's undersized. When you, in the playoffs, when LeBron James guarded him, he didn't do nothing. So that's what I'm saying when it comes down to that. When the real the focus comes down to you, how can you make plays? How? Because Harden, can he get an ISO? He's going to get a bucket. But can Jamal Murray? Can Joker? Greek, we know Greek, but if he needs to get it, if, if they take the paint away, can he get a jumper? Can he get a three? Can it Bledsoe? Can Middleton? Something to think about with those teams, because you think of teams like the Atlanta Hawks, who took Boston to the to the to their wits end, lost in seven. 
But didn't think when they had the best record in the East and then they got thrashed by the Cavs because of LeBron James. Think about this, guys. Teams like Toronto. Good teams put together, but just doesn't have that guy. You've seen it all around the league. Orlando. You know, Dwight. What's Dwight going to do? Hit a jumper? You got to have a guy to give it to. Turkaloo wasn't going to be that guy every time. Patriots couldn't get his own shot. These are teams that are like that, that are on the top of the standings that I don't think that are really hard body greats. You got Golden State. You got OKC. You got Portland. You got Houston. As that little, as that, there was their fifth place. And then on the East, you got Milwaukee, Toronto, and Philly, Boston. Indiana, I'm not buying it because, you know, we already know Oladipo being hurt. I don't see anybody really stepping up over him to be that guy. Tyreek Evans, I don't see it. So that, I'm pretty sure they're going to lose that spot. Um, they have lost what? Let's see what we got here, Indiana. Oh, I'm looking at I lost. They didn't lost last. Okay, they lost the last game. I don't see them finishing in the third, a third in the conference. I just don't see it. So, with that being said. You know, that's that's pretty much going to be the playoff tree in of the competition of if they don't get upset, you have Milwaukee, Philly, Boston, then you got Golden State, OKC, Portland, Denver, and like I said, Houston, or you can sit there and you can squeeze in and say Indiana, but really I think it's going to be Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn is going to get to that point and be better than Indiana. Because of what they have in, in, in D'Angelo Russell and in Dan Witty and things of that nature. But I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. This is going to be the it. This is it. I got, I got a lot of content out of me today. But nah, NFL, like I said, it's turning up. We're going to be talking about more about that and the combine and all that stuff like that. Robert Kraft. We need to be able to be talking about more about that too. The, the freaking Lakers we're going to be talking about. We'll be talking about... Can Melo get on the team, which I'm kind of done talking about Melo, but talk about some things that's happening around the league too. Uh, like I said, Trey Young is, is trying to find that, that trying to find that spark. He's shooting like 29%, 30 some percent, something like that, but he can find games where he can hit like he went eight for 12 last night. You know what I'm saying? Like he can have those type games, but he's trying to find that. He's trying to find that identity to say, Hey, I'm that guy that where. Don't leave me open. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get going. But can you be a forty percent guy like that? Because there's a guy in Golden State that's real good at what you do, but does it way better. It just takes time, man. Um, but uh, you know, we're gonna get back. We're gonna get back going at a very good high rate. I'm gonna try to drop. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop. Dropping three episodes a week. This is number one. So just. Just keep it. Just keep. Stay tuned. And we got more stuff coming. We got more stuff coming and talking about um, on uh, mainly, hopefully Friday. I want to, you know, talk about the Oscars and talk about, you know, how good Black Panther did. Big ups to uh, Spike Lee. And I'm gonna talk about, you know, the movies. You know, that's gonna be coming out. We got uh, Shazam. We got, uh, but we got Captain Marvel. That's important. And we got Endgame and all those stuff. And we talk about um, Justice Smollett. You know what I'm saying? God, dog. I can't, man, look here. I can't wait to laugh about this so bad. Like, I, I ain't want to talk about it today. We're going to talk about it, though. We're going to talk about a lot of good stuff. But y'all, stay great. And y'all keep coming to Saw Straight Talk Show. I'm out.